everyone. Welcome to the Coral Academy podcast from Gaming Club. Uh, joining you today, um, this is me, Laura, and we also have... Me, Austin. And me, Ian. Yep, and we're going to be discussing certain issues and controversies and evaluating phenomenon that goes on when it, uh, when in video games and games in general. And so today, in this particular episode, we're going to be talking about hype and how that affects gameplay. Now, to be super specific, when we say hype, that means that a bunch of people got really excited about a game before it's released. We will bring up some examples of post-release, but we'll also, we'll also tie that in to how that affects the game. And our first topic for today is going to be the recently released game, No Man's Sky, and... I know that there is a lot of controversy about this one just based on what we saw about the playtime this game had experienced. Nowadays, when someone asks for a bad game, there is a good chance that the first response will be No Man's Sky, and the controversy surrounding is not without reason. Now when No Man's Sky was announced, it was with incredible ambition. It claimed to be an absolutely enormous game, the size of the visible universe, to be exact, and many, many, many worlds in between. And that is only one of its claims to infamy. It also reported that you could take space, you could take place in enormous space battles, take sides in huge interfractional wars, and much more. Unlike the other games, the controversy for this one began before it even hit the shelf. The creators of the game not only gave extremely vague answers, if that's what you could call it, but it also promised multiplayer with friends. However, as the interviews came and came, the answer slowly lowered into the maybe zone until at the end, the producers explicitly stated that the chance of two players meeting each other in a universe that size was nearly impossible. Multiplayer, however, remained. Th that was soon found to be false, though. Two streamers met together in the same sector, the same solar system, on the same place in the same planet, but it was soon strikingly obvious that the day and night cycles were completely off, the environment was different, and most importantly, neither of them can interact with nor see each other. The producers have since experienced immense backlash, and the statistics on concurrent players dropped asymptotically. No Man's Sky was in every sense a flop. Nevertheless, due to hype, it was an enormous flop with many purchases and many people wanting refunds. The next one uh, that we're going to bring up is Dark Souls 3. Now this one was highly anticipated by people who were dedicated to the series already because, by the sound of it, it's a sequel. And um, they were excited because it's going to be gritty and difficult and it had all the things going for it. But, like our previous example, things also didn't turn out so well. When Dark Souls 3 was announced, there was already quite a bit of hype in the air, as the previous two games had left quite the hurdle to overpass. And surely, From Software could only produce better games, right? Wrong. While it was incredibly present to the eye, Dark Souls 3 lacked many of the features which made a Souls game a Souls game. For one, the level design was nothing like the previous games. I remember, in the first game, the areas which you traveled through were fantastic. They were well thought out, dynamic, and just very fun to play in. But it was soon found out that the third installation of the Soul series simply lacked those features. After a while, it almost felt like a chore to go through them. Secondly, it didn't have the variety of the previous games. In the first game, people could do almost anything that they wanted. They could make a fire-breathing dragon man who cartwheeled around everywhere and spit poison at the foe. They could make a silent ninja who snuck past everything. The possibilities of what somebody could do were simply endless. 
But in Dark Souls 3, due to bad balance and design issues, the ways in which people could play were severely limited, and this definitely angered the fans of the series. And lastly, it lacked the need for navigation that made the first game flow so well. In the first one, towards the end of the game, one would find a main quest-related item called the Lord Vessel, which would allow one to teleport to any of the resting areas discovered. Dark Souls 2 took it even further, allowing you to teleport from the very beginning, but Dark Souls 3 took it a bit too far. They required you to teleport everywhere. Gone were the days in which you could get to any point in the map starting any other. It was required that you teleport between levels, and you even needed to teleport to a central hub area which was completely disconnected from the rest of the world, simply to level up and repair your gear. Certainly, the open-worldness of the first game was lacking. Overall, Dark Souls 3 simply didn't live up to the hype. People came in expecting a god of a game, but stopped right in their tracks when they didn't find what the hype train promised, but instead just a regular, everyday game doomed to be forgotten. Alright, so the next game being discussed will be one that I found recently called Aliens Colonial Marines. When it was unveiled at E3 a few years ago by Gearbox, who confessed a love for the series and said the game would be canon to the movies, the trailers had shown stunning graphics and the gameplay was supposed to have everything from the stealth missions to the fast-paced running and gunning like previous Alien games. However, when the game was released, everyone was shocked at what they got. The game release was buggy, looked horrible, poorly written, and overall was nothing but a disappointment. A few weeks after the release, Gearbox stated that rather than show actual gameplay, they opted for scripted, polished scenes to help promote the game. This left many fans upset and called what they did criminal and were later sued for false advertising. Overall, while the idea was great, Gearbox gave a false representation of the actual game, causing many fans to simply drop the game. Now the interesting part about these examples is they all follow the same type where there are a rise in expectation and a fall of disappointment. But the thing that makes these three examples interesting is that they all approach that in different ways. For example, No Man's Sky remained largely independent, and so therefore the rise in the fandom awaiting it and the fall of the disappointment came from the soul of the game itself. And maybe some shady, inaccurate say, uh, hype from the developers. Now, in the other one, Dark Souls 3, that one's a sequel. It And like in its name, Dark Souls 3, it has two other games to live up to subsequently. And it already had all these people who played Dark Souls 1 and 2 expecting so much of it. And lastly, in Aliens Colonial Marines, they, they had flat out lied with their trailer, and that's why they had a lawsuit, and the other two didn't. And now, The Witcher 3. The Witcher has always been a popular RPG, but Witcher 3 took it to new levels. When this game was announced, it promised many great things. Beautiful visuals, great gameplay, a brand new fighting and magic system, all good things. The only difference between this game and the previous one were, this one delivered. Witcher 3 is hailed as a fantastic game, with tons of rewards and amazing gameplay, over 100 projected hours of it. This game was so successful, in fact, that it constituted for around half the sum income for every Witcher game and add-on ever released. The added hype only added to this, making many more people play it, and many people continuing to play it. Another interesting and largely controversial example is Undertale. We're not going to be talking about the hype before the game, even though there was a little bit, but not nearly after release. We're going to be talking about after release, where 
When the game was released, as most of you may know, it had a fandom uptake with a lot of people who hyped it quite far beyond what the creator had probably intended. And what makes this case interesting, uh, among all the others, is that the fandom, with all their excitement within a span of about four to six months, discouraged people from playing the game. The game had generally great quality, but because the people were so excited about it and admittedly the fandom was a little wild about it, it therefore made the playability of the game to other people outside of the fandom suddenly drop out because simply because of the hype surrounding it. In that case, hype actually could arguably have changed how people played the game. And similarly, there have been cases where people played the game because of the community around it. While we're on the topic about hype in a positive way, we have a third example that is a little bit of an oddball. Uh, though probably more of a niche game, most of you probably haven't heard of it, but there is a game out there called Hive Swap, which is placed in a universe of a webcomic web called Homestuck. Now, if any of you know Homestuck, you know how big the fandom is. And the author and his Kickstarter managed to accumulate over $2 million on the Kickstarter. And if that doesn't scream hype, I don't know what does. So what made this one interesting was they handed it off to Odd Gentleman, the gaming company, to create the game. And there was a bit of a scandal and they misused the money and therefore the game production immediately fell flat. The author and uh, now a brand new game developer decided to take up the project himself and suddenly all fire for the game went silent. However, this is an interesting case ba uh, based off of previous examples, Homestucks, the people who are excited about th things by this author, as they tend to be called, tend to go quiet often, so whether this is a good quiet or a bad quiet, it's not really clear. But what thing is clear, there was a lot of hype and then quite a bit of disappointment as $2 million went down the drain. Now for my final words on this topic, if hype can actually ruin a game, I happen to think that hype in a way can ruin a game, but really it's on the developers and the advertisers on whether what they're advertising and what they're saying about the game will actually be proved to be true when the game itself is released and deemed worthy of what they were claiming by the fans. All in all, my studies showed that hype didn't have as much an effect on the enjoyability of games as I had first anticipated. In fact, it seems to have almost none. The only thing it affecting is how many people bought the game originally, and how many people continue to play it, but that can just be chalked up to whether or not the game is good. As we see, we have examples of both clear expectation and disappointment, and clear expectation and delivery. We, I think it's safe to say that it's case by case. You really don't know. And though the hype may push things out of the water, maybe the game really is that astronomical, you just can't tell until the game gets out and the reviews start rolling in. You can never be too sure. And whether or not it actually ruins the game, that's up to you.